Hello, everyone. Hello. Welcome. Welcome back to the Divinity Life Podcast. I pray that you're all doing well. Hello, hello, hello. Checking my volume and checking my lighting and everything. Um, I'm just going to give a couple minutes here for um, everyone to come on who wants to come on and we can get started or for the most part who wants to come on (laughs) and we can get started. I'm looking for something that I can't find. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to try to make this a little bit bigger. Hello, everybody. Sorry, I'm I am uh, broadcasting live. This may not sound very professional, so sorry for that. (laughs) But um, hello, everyone. This is my official hello. And welcome back to the Divinity Life Podcast. I pray that you're all doing well uh, this evening and that you are standing strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And um, welcome back to the Divinity Life Podcast. Uh, Welcome to all of you who are listening by podcast, by way of podcast, and also We are podcasting live on my new podcasting platform, which is um, Podbean. So welcome to all my Podbean listeners. Um, I have gained a little support over there. So thank you for all of you who are listening by way of Podbean. Um, And as well as those who are watching live stream by YouTube, Uh, welcome. And those who will see this by Facebook as well, welcome to you. Welcome. I want to welcome everyone. Um, And I pray that you had a great day and that all is well with you. If you can hear background noise, I'm sitting next to a window. And to be very honest, we have some very loud, uh, some neighbors who have some very loud cars. Obviously, they're you know, they're younger guys and uh, they like the the loud, souped up cars. <laughs> I think they're kind of um, work for like one of those uh, shops that where you can go and like soup up your engine and stuff like that. So that's who that's who uh, that is. Every time I hear that, I know who it is because I've met them before. <laughs> I tried to complain, but then we became friends. So those are my friends. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Um, you know, we have to love people. We have to love people. And uh, I'm trying to get into the habit of being more vocal and, um, you know, outwardly expressing, uh, the love of God, uh, for his people to strangers, just to strangers, because I've always been pretty quiet person, uh, not talk much, you know, if something was, was bothering me or, you know, on my mind, I would just kind of keep it to myself and go on, you know, but I'm becoming, I'm learning to become more vocal about certain things because, because, um, 
you know, I, I find that it really, it really helps. It helps not only me, but it also helps others. And it also helps to build relationships, to build relationships uh, with people who otherwise they wouldn't even, you know, they wouldn't even know who you are, much less, you know, or much more, should I say, uh, God. And so we have to do this for the purpose of sharing uh, the love of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ with the world. Amen. And so, you know, I can admit <laughs> that I haven't been the very best about that because I'm I'm very quiet person and I really just don't like to talk, to be very honest. I don't like to talk much um, at all. Um, it, I find it exhausting. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not a phone person. I, or, you know, I talk to my sister on the phone, my my fr my close friend. That's it, you know. So yeah, um. So yeah, uh, welcome. If you are on, I uh, just drop a hello in the comments. Uh, I am going to check over here on YouTube and just see how that's going. I'm just. It's kind of we're getting things started here. So, check over there and see if anyone is on because I should be able to see the comments though. Um, I should be able to see the comments. We're getting things started here. Really? That's me. over there and see if anyone is on because I should be able to see the okay the the picture is not very clear over there I'm not sure why maybe it's because I'm on both on the same laptop uh, both screen so I'm not close I'm gonna close that out and just do everything from uh, this this uh, screen. So if anyone is on and uh, okay, here we go. Here's the chat. So if anyone is on, just uh, type hello, drop a hello in the comments. I refresh the chat just so I can see. Uh, see you there. So yeah, <laughs> um, this is a new platform. Uh, this is, I'm using Streamlabs OBS and uh, it's uh it's a bit more technical, but it is worth it. It is worth it. It is worth every penny. I invested a little bit to get something that I felt was more uh, comparable and um, uh, something that was um, a little different because I like different. And um, yeah, so I hope that you can see me clearly, that you can hear me clearly and everything like that. So we're just going to have to move on. Um, I'll show you a couple things that this can do uh, here. So uh, we have a little uh, alert box on the screen here. Whereas if someone, um, if someone wanted to subscribe to the YouTube channel, which I, I suggest, I strongly suggest that you subscribe so you can keep up with uh, what I'm doing over here. Um, I will show you that you can subscribe and this is what it looks like if you subscribe. So you see my name is there, but your name will be there and it'll show that you subscribe so I can honor you and thank you for subscribing. 
We also have a little, uh, um, what is this, a membership. If you want to become a member, you, you get a gold star there. <laughs> this is so nice. I, it's really cute. I like that part. Um, if you decide to sew or make a donation, it'll show you there. Someone named John just donated $40, looks like. <laughs> um, that's just the, the, uh, the example there. And then the super chat. Um, I'm really not sure what that's for, but yeah, I just want subscribe, follow, share. So I'm going to have to tweak that a little bit. So these will, uh, line up better with, with my actual, uh, choices. <laughs> I want you to subscribe. I would like for you, I would love for you to share the videos and I would also love for you to, uh, like, leave a comment, um, and just, you know, let's interact. Um, uh, um, interact you know uh that's really because it's a conversation honestly at the end of the day like you know this is not like standing behind a pulpit you know i want y'all to talk back to me <laughs> talk to me please <laughs> um and um and also if you want to uh if you want to donate or sow a seed that is also available so yes um we are here so once again welcome 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 back uh, to the Divinity Life podcast. This is Thursday night's um, Prophetic Predators series. And we are um, talking tonight from the topic bleating sheep. We're talking from the topic bleating sheep. And um, uh, I have a message from the Lord here concerning bleating sheep, bleating sheep, um, not bleeding, but bleating, B-L-E-A-T-I-N-G, bleating sheep. And so this is where we're going to be coming from tonight. And I am going to walk you through um, uh, a bit of scripture. So I pray that you have access to your Bible. If you don't have access to your Bible, then perhaps you have access to an app, a Bible app of some sort. Uh, hopefully it's the King James. That's my favorite. But if you have a different version, you know, um, to each his own, you know, uh, whatever brings you the best understanding. The Bible says that to, that we should get wisdom and with all our wisdom to get understanding. And so, um, yeah, um, I uh, I pray that you're ha you have access to that. And if not, then, you know, if you're in a place where you can't access your Bible, perhaps you can just um jot down some of these uh, scriptures so you can go back for reference because I always suggest that whenever I share that you go uh, and reference the scripture, uh, go back over the scripture and, and read to see, um, you know, to prove for, for yourself whether or not the things that we read and discussed were true and listen and hear what the spirit of God is saying to you uh, from that scripture. Because, you know, he could be speaking to you something different and then you can come back and share with me and, you know, we get even more understanding uh, from the scripture, you know. So uh, this is this is also uh, good. So uh, we are going to um, go ahead and pray and then we're going to jump into the word. Um, and yeah, we're just going to roll from there. Prayerfully, this won't take too long. So, uh, Father, we just want to thank you tonight for your presence, for your anointing, for your Holy Spirit, for your living word, for uh, you, for everything that involves you, everything that you are, uh, your greatness, your majesty, your love, your kindness, 
your mercy, your grace, your compassion, your faithfulness, your favor, your divine protection, your divine provision. Thank you, Father God, for all that you are and for all that you do or have done for us. Um, in Jesus' name, we are grateful, Father, and we love you and we honor you tonight and we welcome you. Holy Spirit, to come in and hijack uh, this word tonight, hijack this message, hijack this time that you have allowed us to come together in your presence. You said where two or three are gathered together in your name, that you are in the midst, Father. And so we just welcome your Holy Spirit to come and to speak and to move and to reveal and to uncover and to expose things, oh, Father God that have been uh, hidden, the mysteries that have been hidden, not only, Father God, in the body of Christ, but first in us, in us. Show us, Father God, search our hearts, try our reins, and see if there be any wicked way found in us, Father God. And if so, please uproot it and, and lead us into the way of the everlasting. We want to be where you are at the end of the day, Father. That's all that matters is that we are where you are. We just want to be where you are. Want to be where you are. We want to be where you are, Lord Jesus. I love that song. Hallelujah. So, Father, we bless you. We worship you tonight. If we could just break out and worship, I would love to just worship you uh, together with my brothers and my sisters here. Father, we worship you tonight. Hallelujah. We want to be where you are. We want to be where you are. Wherever you are is where we want to be. And we don't want to be anywhere that you are not. Hallelujah. So, Father God, we exalt you. We extol you. We lift you up, Father. Arise in our midst and scatter all your enemies in the name of Jesus. Just do your thing, Father. Just be you. Just say whatever you want to say. Move and do whatever you want to do, Father. We are here and we are open and we are, we are willing and ready to receive whatever you have to say tonight. In Jesus' mighty name, we take authority over the prince and the power of the air. As usual, we bind you and cast you out into the abyss in Jesus' name. We banish you from this place. We banish you from this earth in Jesus' mighty name. And we bleed the blood of Jesus against you. The Lord rebukes you tonight. Every spirit that comes to steal, kill, and destroy in Jesus' name, you are bound tonight in Jesus' mighty name. And we cast you out of our midst and we bleed the blood of Jesus over the eyes, the ears, the hearts of these that are listening and that are watching tonight in Jesus' mighty name. May the, may the spirit of the living God give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him and, and give you eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to perceive and understand truth in Jesus' mighty name that you may be made free. We thank you, Father. We love you. We cherish and honor you. In Jesus' name, to you be all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. So um, we are going to, um, we are going to, hold on one second. We are going to get started here. We're talking about uh, bleeding sheep tonight, bleating sheep, bleating sheep. Okay, I have a message here. Uh, okay, uh, I'm just going to try to keep the things open uh, on my phone, keep, uh, have access um, 
open so I can see if someone is struggling um, tonight. Sorry, this is our, our first time on here doing this. So. Okay, on my phone, it doesn't look clear on YouTube. It doesn't look clear. I'm not really sure why. I wish you guys could tell me if, if this is clear, if the screen is clear. Can you guys see me clearly? Uh, can you please let me know, type in the chat if you can see me clearly, if you can see me clearly or is it fuzzy for you? Let me know if you can see clearly on YouTube or is it fuzzy for you? Because I've been on for almost 20 minutes now. And when I check over there on my phone, it looks fuzzy on my phone. So I'm not really sure why. Is that just, is, is that uh, the, same, the same way you see it? First good chat. Okay, if this is not clear, just let me know and I will um, um, I will make a change. Because I see myself clearly on screen. It's very clear. But if not, then perhaps there's something either wrong with, um, with my camera, which I don't think so because um, last night I was on StreamYard and it was clear as well. Maybe I'm not on check my camera. Anyway, uh, so let's continue. Um, uh, we're talking tonight, um, talking uh, from the, the series topic is prophetic predators. Prophetic predators, uh, we are um, exposing uh, prophetic predators in the body of Christ for the purpose of healing and deliverance in the body of Christ. Uh, for all those who need it, for all of those who have who have uh, suffered some kind of abuse at the hand of, at the hands of clergy, whether it was uh, physical, whether it was emotional abuse, mental abuse, um, physical abuse in some cases, uh, sexual abuse, um, financial abuse, any kind of abuse at the hands of clergy, and uh, we are exposing that tonight, exposing that spirit tonight, the spirit of the prophetic predator. It is not just limited to the prophet or prophetic people, but also any of the fivefold ministry that is um, that is um, abusing the flock of God, abusing the flock of God. Uh, we want to uh, discuss what the spirit of God is saying concerning that. And uh, tonight he is speaking He's speaking from the topic bleating sheep, bleating sheep. And the reason I say bleating sheep is because um, is because the Lord gave me a message uh, several days ago on this, but I just didn't I didn't release it yet. Um, and this this was September. Oh, because I clicked on it today. So now it says September 24th, but it was several days ago, almost a week ago. Um, he says, what meaneth the bleating of the sheep? 
He says the sheep are crying out. The sheep are crying out. And that's what you really see a lot of these days is the sheep crying out. They're crying out everywhere. And the Lord said, why did, uh, why did you not kill everything? Why did you not kill your flesh? Because you have become greedy and wanted to keep something for yourself. Uh, want to keep something for yourself. He says, in the same manner, the sons of Eli also wanted to keep something for themselves. Uh, that was their motive. That was their desire. God wants us to have something for ourselves. But when that is your leading motive, then your motives is your motives are wrong. Your motive is wrong. Um, and that was the reason that the sons of Eli uh, began to fall into all other kinds of mischief, such as um, sleeping with the women in the temple door. Uh, they were shearing the sheep, but the sheep do not belong to them. The Lord says, um, once you take, see, once you take one step, the devil will never just let you stop there. If you, you know, if you give him an inch, he will take a mile. And so if you start just not being satisfied with the portion that God has given to you and you want more and you become greedy, then you're going to eventually start to share uh, the sheep and and take everything that you can get from the sheep. Um, it, it may start with the money, you know, uh, extra offering and stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, um, you're sleeping with the sheep. Now you have a woman who has a full-time job, you know, and, you know, um, you're taking advantage of her financially, sexually and financially. Um, uh, perhaps in most cases, this is a single woman who, who probably has children of her own, um, maybe was, was married before and, uh, you know, has children of her own now. And she's a single lady. This was my case. And, and now you're pulling, you're pulling her resources in, you're reeling them in, you know, and, and she's suffering, her children are suffering, you know, her bank account is suffering. Um, she's being, you know, uh, evicted from place to place. She's under the judgment of God because she's out of order and she's walking in error. And all these things start to snowball on her just because you could not be satisfied with the portion that God had, had, had blessed you with. Amen. And so this is the, this is uh, what uh, the Lord is speaking about here today is uh, bleating sheep. Now we see uh, all across the body of Christ. Now, excuse me. We see where uh, the sheep are, are crying out the word bleating, bleating. Let me, let me share with you the meaning of this word bleating. What does it mean to bleat? What does it mean to bleat? Give me one second here. Uh, give you this, this here. Okay, bleating. Uh, it, it says the weak, wavering crying or cry of a sheep, goat, or calf. Bleating is the weak, weak, wavering cry of a sheep, goat, or calf. Okay, so that's what it means. Uh, that's what uh, what is meant by the bleating of the sheep, the bleating of the sheep. It means the crying of the sheep, the weeping of the sheep, um, the, the weakness uh, of the sheep, because 
their strength has been taken from them. That means that their confidence has been taken from them. That means that they have been robbed. They have been, uh, they have been mishandled. They have been mishandled and they have been abused. Amen. And so, um, when the sheep begin to, uh, cry, you know, their cry comes into the ears of the father. You see, I think this is the part where, uh, the part that these prophetic predators have forgotten about is that the father's ear is not dull. His, neither is his eye dim. He cannot uh, help but hear the cry of his own sheep, his own children, right? And so <clears throat> the first uh, scripture here, uh, well, he said, you know, uh, the children of Israel, you know, they cried unto the Lord and the Lord heard them and sent a deliverer, raised up a deliverer unto them. Amen. So uh, not only does he hear, but he also answers. He also answers. And he also uh, comes with a rod. He comes with a rod. Shepherds carry a rod. He's coming with a rod of correction, not for the sheep, but for the for the shepherd who was abusing the sheep, the shepherd who was abusing and mishandling the sheep. They are going to get the rod of correction. Amen. So let's look at our first scripture here. I hope you can still see me. I kind of feel like I need to switch over to StreamYard because uh, I know someone is here, but I can't see any of your uh, interaction on the screen. I can see the view, but I can't see like if you're if you're typing in the chat. Um, I don't know. It's it's not showing me. Okay. Anyway, uh, yeah, but I'm just going to keep going. If you have a problem, just uh, hit me on Facebook. My messenger is open. Just shoot me a message and um, I will be able to uh, to tend to you. Okay. Um, so uh, first scripture we're going to look at here is 1 Samuel 15. 1 Samuel 15. We're going to look at 1 Samuel 15. Okay, so now I'm on my I'm I'm on Google and I am on I'm just kind of trying to walk you through this because this is our first time. I'm on Google now and I am uh walking through the scripture on Google. So I pray uh, on my on my uh, my King James app on Google. I pray that you can still see me on camera. Let me check you. Okay. All right. Again, once again, if there's a problem, just let me know. Okay. All right. So first Samuel 15, um, we're going to read this chapter here. First Samuel chapter 15. Um, and it's, and it says, uh, Samuel also said unto Saul, the Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people, over Israel. Now, therefore, hearken thou unto the voice of the words of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I remember that which Amalek did to Israel, how he laid wait for him in the way when he came up from Egypt. Now go. Now, let's stop here for just a moment because I hear the Lord saying. Now, listen, listen to what God just said. He said, 
Thus saith the Lord of hosts. Now, this is the Lord speaking as as the man of war, as the you know, the, you know, this is the this is the the God that, that many of us uh, don't know about because he, he's not taught in our churches. You know, we learn about the baby in the manger. We learn about the soft God who loves you and, you know, and and cares for you and is always with you and, and wants to bless you and all of these things. But we don't hear much about the Lord of hosts. I want to tell you that we serve a manifold God. That means that he has many faces, many sides to him, just like just like you have many sides, many faces or many expressions, different expressions of yourself. Why do you think, you know, he, he why do you think we have God, the father, God, the son and God, the Holy Spirit. These are different manifestations or different expressions of him. Now we also have the Lord of hosts here in scripture, meaning that he is a man of war. He, he will go to war. Oh, oh, God can't go to war. Okay, well, if you were created in his image and in his likeness and things make you angry, uh, injustice makes you angry. We see the world is in a, the, the whole country's in an uproar right now about the Breonna T Taylor case, you know? Uh, so, so, you know, is it right for them to be doing what they're doing or, you know, um, no, because the Bible says be angry and sin, not sin, not, but, but there's no sin in God. God is perfect. God is perfect, but watch him in this, watch him. Because if we get angry, you know, you're not no, you're not no bowl of Cheerios all the time. Let's just be honest. You're not a bowl of Cheerios all the time. You know, you get, you, you sit in church and you yes and amen. And then you go home and you fuss at your kids. You, you go off, you kick the dog, you, you cussing, at, cussing out your, your husband, your wife, you know, I mean, we need some deliverance, right? Um, and uh, and if you if you've made it past that stage, I thank God he graced me to make it past that stage. But it is a stage. Um, and if you've made it past that stage, then I, I thank God that he brought you through that. Amen. Because really, we don't really need we don't really need all of that. But the Lord of hosts says here. Now, watch this. He says, I remember what the what Amalek did to Israel. Now go, he said, I remember what Amalek did to Israel, how he laid wait for him in the way when he came up from Egypt. He was laying wait. He was waiting for him to uh, to destroy him. He was laying in wait to destroy, right? The enemy comes, but not, but for what? To steal, kill, and destroy. So Amalek uh, was waiting for Israel um, uh, when he came up from Egypt, right? Amalek was one of the tribes that was waiting there. Uh, and, uh, and the Lord said, now I want you to go and destroy them all. I want you to go and destroy them all. Watch this. Now go, I'm going to start again. Thus saith the Lord of hosts. I remember that which Amalek did to, did to Israel, how he laid wait for him in the way. When he came up from Egypt, okay, now go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and spare them not, but slay both man and woman, infant and suckling, ox and sheep, 
camel and ass. God said, destroy them all from the least to the greatest, from the greatest to the least man, woman, children, sheep, oxen, all of them, all of them, all of them. Amen. Um, and then he said, and Saul, you think that God is, you know, that God is, uh, not fair, that he's not just, um, does this mean that God is bitter? Does this mean that he's unforgiving? You know, because we would say that God, why are you carrying this unforgiveness in your heart? You know, what have you become, uh, are you, have you become an evil God? You know, are you, are you, ang are you still angry about that? That happened all the way back there, but you still thinking about that. But people in the body of Christ today will tell you, girl, you need to let it go. Man, you need to let that go. Don't be carrying around that unforgiveness, you know? And, and, and we, if we look at this and we would almost think that God was being unforgiving or even bitter, you know, but it says, that yes, God, God was still thinking about that. He said, I remember what you did to my people. I remember what you did to my people, right? <laughs> I remember what you did to mine, but aren't you glad that he's a loving father that protects his children and protects his own? Now think about this. He didn't, you see, it works when, when you, um, when you want God to smite your enemies, <laughs> right? You like, get them, God, get them, you know, get them, Lord, you know. But then if, if it's you who did the wrong, now you want mercy. You see, you want mercy. So what does that say? The Lord is saying, I'm a just, I'm a just God. I do just justice and judgment are mine. They are with they are with me. Justice and judgment are with me. That's what the scripture says. And so what does that mean? He says, I will recompense. I will recompense right whatever is right. I will recompense. Whatever is right, I will pay. I will repay, right? And so and we as another scripture puts it, um uh, this is, uh, this is not your battle. The battle belongs unto the Lord. So what is he doing? He's defending his people. He's defending his children, right? And, and what father would not defend his children? What father, you tell me what good father, what great father, what perfect father, because he's a perfect father will not stand up and defend his children. He will be like a lion waiting in lying in wait to catch that enemy, uh, to catch that enemy and, and tear his head off. Why? Because you touched mine. The Lord said, touch not my anointed and do my prophets no harm. Now, this is not just for prophets, right? But the Lord said, touch not what my anointed, that which I have anointed that belongs to me. You see, so, so don't touch that. I don't want you to touch that because when you touch that, you begin to awaken the Lord of hosts, right? The lion of the tribe of Judah will come out of his thicket and pounce on you, right? So we, we have this, this confidence in, in our father that, you know, he, he protects us. He protects us that he's a he's a good father. 
He loves us and he protects us. Amen. All of us, all of us, all of us, all of us. And guess what? If I do something to my brother that the Lord, uh, that is against, you know, against, uh, against the will of God. And I go and I touch uh, my brother. Guess what? My brother is also the Lord's anointed. And guess what? I'm going to, I'm going to be rewarded for that somewhere down the line. If I, if I don't repent and apologize, I am going to be rewarded for that. <laughs> he, he will get me too. And if somebody get mess, start messing with me over here, you know, the Lord is going to get us. He's going to get you too. But now, you know, it, thankfully, you know, when he handles his own, it's not to destroy us. It is to correct us. But when he handles the outside, the outsider, what is, what is the outsider? Those demons out, those demons who are working uh, in people who are ungodly, the ungodly, and they are, uh, they are uh, hurting God's people. That is that uh, you 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 treading wrong and you treading strong and you treading and you treading wrong. You are treading strong and you're treading wrong. <laughs> and you you know you just you're just digging a pit for yourself. So you know, um, God you know, God help you. God help you. <laughs> um, so the Lord is not He's not unforgiving. He's not bitter. Some things the Lord we have to remember that some things the Lord will not forgive. Some things the Lord will not forgive. Why do you think there is a certain sin that the Lord says is not to be repented of? You cannot repent from that. Some things he will not forgive. And it's scripture. It is, it is biblical. It is scripture. He says, oh, no, that one. No, no, no. Not for, not, not for that one. We must remember that. And, 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 and think about this. Why did he not forgive Lucifer then? Why did he not forgive Lucifer? Think about that. Did he give him chance after chance? Or did, it, did he do just that one thing that the Lord said, nope, that's not, mm -mm, you don't ever, okay, you finna learn a lifelong lesson right now. Because I'm finna get you up out of here and you ain't never coming back. You think you still kill and destroy. I'm going to show you. I know how to still kill and destroy too. get your butt out of here. <laughs> you know, so, so, you know, don't, that's the Lord that we don't, we don't know much about. Right. Okay. So, um, the Lord says, go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have. Spare them not, both slay both man and woman, infant, suckling, ox and sheep, camel and ass. Um, God is not unrighteous. If he's saying to destroy everything, um, even the infants, even the women and the and the animals and the sheep, not just the, you know, not just Amalek himself, but his men, his women, his sheep, the whole thing, the whole tribe, right? Uh, destroy them all. Then God is not unrighteous. When he says that, um, what he knows something that we don't know. You see, he looks beyond the outward appearance and he sees the heart and the motive. And he knew that those tribes, it ran in their bloodline. They wanted to kill. They wanted to kill Israel. 
They wanted to kill every every time you looked around. They were they were lurking. They were creeping. They were waiting for an opportunity to steal the spirit of the Amalekites. Every time you know the land came into a time of harvest, here they come, want to steal that harvest, want to steal that increase. Right here they come. They show up. You just got your paycheck. You got a free check this time. You paid your rent two weeks ago. You know, now you got a free paycheck. Right. And, and you know, your bills is paid and everything. And now you got a little extra. You can see your little increase. And here come the car breakdown. And then you call the insurance and they say, oh, you forgot to pay your insurance. We, you don't have any. You know, or or you take it somewhere and they say, oh, you know, you need a whole new engine. Just take our half your check right there is gone. You know what I mean? So this is what we're talking about. The spirit of the Amalekites, they rise up to steal and to kill and to destroy, right? So this is what we're looking at. That's why the Lord said to destroy them. And he, and, and that, that spirit, is it flows through the bloodline. It flows through the seed. So the seed from the man into the woman, right? And she carries the seed and, and, and brings forth a child. Right. That seed is also in the child. That iniquity is also in the child. That evil, that wickedness is also in the child. And the Bible even talks about the animals. So what does that say? That the animals that they had were even polluted. God said, kill everything. I don't even want any of their belongings. And Saul gathered to get verse four and Saul gathered I'm in 1 Samuel 15 and verse four. And Saul gathered the people together and numbered them in Telaim, 200,000 footmen and 10,000 men of Judah. And Saul came to a city of Amalek and laid wait in the valley. And Saul said unto the Kenites, go, depart, get you down from among the Amalekites, lest I destroy you with them. For you showed kindness to all the children of Israel when they came up out of Egypt. So the Kenites departed from among the Amalekites. And Saul smote the Amalekites from Havilah until thou comest to Shur, that is over against Egypt. And he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. So you see that he took the king, the king. Now of all people, you want to save the king. Okay. <laughs> what does the Bible say about the head? It says if the head is sick, then the whole body is sick, right? So why are you keeping the head? Okay. Verse nine, but Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep and of the oxen and of the fatlings, and of the lambs, and all that was good, and would not utterly destroy them, but everything that was vile and refused, that they destroyed utterly. So you kept the good part. That's the same thing the sons of Eli did. They kept the good part, the best part for themselves, right? Okay, verse 10. It says, then came the word of the Lord unto Samuel, saying, it repented me that I have set up Saul to be king for he is turned back from following me 
and hath not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried unto the Lord all night. So let's stop here for a moment. Now the Lord reveals this to Samuel. Samuel is way somewhere. Samuel ain't even over there with them, right? He all he did, he came and anointed Saul, told Saul what the Lord uh, uh, to listen to, to what God is telling him to do and obey the Lord, right? Then he went back home, and now. He's he's getting a word from the Lord. The Lord is showing him that Saul has messed up. Now, I want you to understand this very well. Saul is king, not Samuel. Samuel is a prophet. He's just a prophet. You know, we ain't nobody. We're just prophets, right? But Saul was anointed as king. Okay? So he's the, he's over Saul. He's he's Saul. He is excuse me over Samuel. So he is he, he is essentially Samuel's leader, right? Yeah, he's Samuel's leader. He's the leader of the people uh, of Israel because he is king of Israel. So now, but the Bible says people say you know well rebuke not an elder, don't rebuke an elder. Okay, so let's define what is an elder then. We have leaders, but are they elders? An elder is someone who is elder or older than you, either in natural or in spiritual age. Right? An elder. It's, it, we've been taught that elders are people in the church that have been in there longer than us, that are preaching the word, you know, and teaching the word. Uh, longer than us. And many of them, we were, many of them trained us and taught us, right? These are called leaders. They are leaders in the body of Christ, right? And they are elders in the body of Christ. If they are older than you are spiritually more mature than you, right? In the physical or in the natural realm, these they are older in age. We are to respect our elders. You see what we're saying? See, see what that is? So Saul, think about see, think about uh David, okay, and uh and uh Nathan had to bring a word of correction to David. But but he didn't just you know come at David any kind of way. He, 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 he used, sorry, someone is coming home um, and not to my home, but someone is uh, coming home, my neighbor and closed her door. And so there goes King being the King of the, of the castle. Okay. He's okay. Okay. <laughs> Actually, Hello, can you excuse me? <laughs> One. I'm so sorry, guys. Two. I should have closed the door. Goodness, I'm so sorry. I forgot to close the door. So yeah, he's he's in protect mode. But, but let's go. Let's keep let's keep going. All right. And when um so it says here. It says here that, um, what was I saying? I was saying that um, 
Samuel is um let's mark his red. Samuel is um is the prophet and Saul is the king. Okay. So Samuel has to now uh bring a word of correction to the king. And that's not easy. It's not easy because if you're a true prophet, remember, we have a heart of love. We are considerate of other people. We are considerate of their feelings and all of that. You know, we're very sensitive uh, when it comes to when it comes to that. And so sometimes, you know, when the Lord is using us to speak things, we don't want it to even come out the way that the Holy Ghost is pushing it out. But sometimes there's a holy indignation that will rise up in you and you just have to roll with it. And you you trying to pump the brakes, but the Holy Ghost is full fledged on that pedal. He's like, I'm driving the car. You sit over there and be quiet. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so this is what we're talking about. OK, so it says, then came the word of the Lord unto Samuel, saying, it repenteth me. I repent. I'm, I, I'm, 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 I'm changing my mind here about Saul, uh, that I've, I've set up Saul to be king for he has turned back from following me and has, and has not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel and he cried to the Lord all night. He cried to the Lord all night. He wept over, over Saul. He wept. True prophets weep over the judgments of God uh, upon the people. We don't rejoice over them. We weep over them. True prophets, true prophets, uh, true prophets love people and we love hard. We love hard. Reference uh, Jeremiah. He was a weeping prophet. Amen. He was known as the weeping prophet. Okay. So Samuel is crying all night because, you know, this is grieving his heart. And, um, and, and 12, it says, and when Samuel rose early to meet Saul in the morning, uh, it was told Samuel saying, Saul came to Carmel and behold, he set him up a place and has gone out. He left, he set up a place and he left and, and went on and, and has gone down to Gilgal. Okay. And Saul and Samuel came to Saul in Gilgal and Saul said unto him, Blessed be thou of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. He says, I have performed the commandment of the Lord. As if you know that I'm coming to you for this reason. You say, you, you start speaking first and you say, I have first thing that comes out of your mouth is I have performed the commandment of the Lord, which is a lie. It's a lie. It's not the truth. Do you think that that men of God can't lie? Oh, most certainly they do. Do you think that that uh, prophetic predators are telling you the truth? Do you think that if they if they say, you know, oh, I, 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 I sold the land for this much. OK. And, the, and 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 this much. And then but what what did the man of God say? He said, why have you allowed the Lord to fill your heart? Uh, with this wickedness to lie to the Holy Ghost. You're not lying to me. You lied to the Holy Ghost. You lied to the Holy Ghost. You see? So the first thing he does is tell a lie. And who is Satan? A liar and the father of lies. 
People, listen, people, pastors, leaders have lied to me about things. And it wasn't that I didn't know they were lying. Well, at first I didn't know they were lying until I found out because something happened. And then I, I go to, you know, handle the situation and find out that, oh, wow, he lied to me. She lied to me. You see? And it was, and, and I never said a word about it. I never said a word about it because um, I did not want to rebuke an elder <laughs> or co try to correct. You know, I'm thinking, well, you know, yeah, you know, it hurt. Yeah. You know, I'm just going to take one for the team. It wasn't that I don't, it's not that I don't know that, that, you know, that you lied, but you know, I just chose not to say anything, but I know. I know. You see? So what is this saying? Um, he said, and Samuel came to Saul and said unto him, blessed be thou of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. And Samuel said, what meaneth then this bleating of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen, which I hear? The lowing of the oxen. That word lowing of the oxen means um, mooing. Oxen, like they, 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 they make a, like a, moo, a mooing sound like a cow, right? That's the sound that they make. So Samuel said, okay, if you did, if you perform the commandment of the Lord, then what, why do I hear the bleeding of the sheep in my ears? What meaneth the bleeding of the sheep and the lowing of the oxen? And Saul said, they have brought them from the Amalekites for the people, the people, the people. Now you are redirecting the, the blame. You're shifting the blame from yourself to the people. For the people spare the best of the sheep and of the oxen to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God. Unto the Lord who? Thy God. Now he's talking to Samuel. He's talking to, the people spared the best to sacrifice to the Lord your God. Now I'm trying to impress you. Oh, this story is just getting <laughs> worse and worse, right? It's getting deeper and deeper here. To sacrifice unto the Lord thy God and the rest we have utterly destroyed. Then Samuel said unto Saul, stay. And I will tell thee what the Lord had said to me this night. And he said unto him, say on. And Samuel said, when thou was little in thine own sight. Now he's talking to the king. He's talking to the king. He says, when thou was little in thine own sight, was thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel? And the Lord anointed thee king over Israel. And the Lord sent you on a journey and said, go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they be consumed. Wherefore did thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but did fly upon the spoil and did evil in the sight of the Lord? Why did you do this? Why did you do this? And Saul said unto Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and have gone the way which the Lord sent me. 
and have brought Agag, the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. He's still trying to insist that he has obeyed the voice of the Lord. You see, he goes into this self-defense mode. Now he's, he's asserting himself. I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. But Saul said, no, you didn't. And God knows you didn't. Why did you not kill everything? You see, you, your own tongue is telling off on you. At first he said it was the people, right? It was the people who spared. Um, it was the people who spared the best and spared. Um, well, he said it was the people that spared the best of the sheep, the oxen and the sack. Okay. Uh, uh -huh. Okay. So that's what he said at first. And then this time around. He said, I have obeyed uh, the voice of the Lord and gone the way which the Lord sent me and have brought Agag, the king of Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. So now he's, you know, he's nervous and he's like telling a little bit more, adding a little bit more in there, trying to mix that in with the story. Now he adds the fact that he actually brought Agag, the king of Amalek, right? He's trying to like, okay, let me go ahead and just tell. Um, just, you know, tell part of the truth and mix it in with the lie and see if that works. Right. But the people, he says, took of the spoil, the sheep and the oxen, the chief of the things which should have been utterly destroyed. Now you're blaming the people. You took the thing. They took the things which should have been utterly destroyed, like God said, to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. And Samuel said, had the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou has rejected the word of the Lord, because thou has rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. Now, do you see this? Now, the Lord has, uh, uh, Samuel has, is asking him, which is better, to obey or to sacrifice? For to obey is better than sacrifice. And to hearken or listen and hear is better than the fat of rams. Now, because you did not obey and you chose not to hear, you are in rebellion and stubbornness. Now, you're operating in, the, in witchcraft, your rebellion. You are operating in witchcraft and stubborn, your stubbornness is, is, is iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected you from being king. Now, what do we see today? We see a lot of prophetic uh, predators, 
We see fake fake prophets, fake pastors, fake leaders, um, uh, apostles, uh, all of these these this fakeness going on right in the body of Christ. And what does the scripture say? It says, "You shall know the tree by the fruit that it bears." You see, that lie is going to tell off on you. Your fruit is going to tell off on you. It's going to tell the story. Why? Because your fruit is not prospering. Your fruit is not um, is not blessed or increasing or flourishing. It is not uh, being empowered or or being uh, uh, made made uh, strong or maturing or growing. But rather what it's doing is shriveling up and dying. It is what, this, what, what the uh, definition here says of the word bleating. It is weak. <laughs> it says the weak. The weak, wavering, crying of a sheep, goat, or calf. So what is what is what is the fruit doing? What is the fruit? The fruit is not strong. The fruit is weak. The fruit is wavering here today, gone tomorrow. Oh, here today, over there tomorrow, up today, down tomorrow. Crying today, you know, happy tomorrow, sad three hours from then. Next hour, confused, you know, complaining, scared. This is the condition of the sheep that is that is supposed to be your 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 fruit, right? Your fruit. This is what your fruit is is looking like. The 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 sheep are complaining. They are making literal complaints against you in court. The sheep are crying out all over social media. This pastor slept with me. This pastor stole our money. This pastor scammed me. This scammed me. This, this one, um, uh, abused me. You know, they're coming out left, right, and center. And why do you think this is? Do you think it's just because, um, that just because uh, God chose this time and said, oh, you know, COVID-19, you know, we, we finna, uh, all everybody in the church finished. I, I want all of y'all to just start crying at the same time. Just start crying and complaining at the same time. No. See, just like we, just like the Lord had me to say before, I will say it again. COVID nineteen was nothing more than a mass crucible. God putting us all into the fiery furnace at the same time. So I can't point at you at you and say, you know, you need to stop. You need you need to stop. Uh, stop being weak. Stop complaining. You know, you you need to you need to uh, walk by faith. You know, you over there doing all that because you're in a situation and you done lost your job. I can't. Uh, you done lost your job. You done lost this, lost that. I can't be over there judging and poking the finger at you because guess what? I'm in the same boat. 
You see, before we can look, we can look at other people over there and be like, mm -hmm, look at, look at her. She, you know, she, uh, she ain't blessed. She, she must've did something wrong. He must've did something wrong. Look at him. He over there going through, look at that. You see, but we can't do that anymore. Why? Because this thing has affected all of us, all of us at the same time in the fiery furnace together. Now that the thing has begun to unfold, many of us are being blessed and we are prospering and we are increasing and reaping a hundredfold in the time of famine. But then, you know, the, the whole point of it all was that God uh, said, I am shaking, sifting the body of Christ. I'm, I'm, I'm sifting. I'm shaking out. I'm shaking out. I'm shaking everything that can be shaken, that that which cannot be shaken may remain. I am trying you. I'm trying you just like he tried. Uh, he tried them soldiers uh, down there at the river with Gideon. He said, I'm trying you. He's trying, he's trying us to see what is really in your heart because you've been performing for a long time now. You've been in church performing, you know, you deserve an, an Academy Award. Bravo. You get an Emmy. Great performances. But let's see what you're really made of. I want to see what your foundation is. I want to see what's really working in your heart. I, I want to see what's in your heart. Is Do you really, really love me? Do you really love me? Is your faith as strong as you make people believe that it is? And you're a leader in the body of Christ. You're leading whole congregations of people. But see, this is a time of testing and trial. And so this is the purpose of the of the covid situation. Shaking, judgment beginning at the house of God. At the house of God, you see. And so this is what God is doing. So he says here that um he says here to Samuel, I have, he finally just, after Samuel tells him that, you know, your rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. You know that, right? To obey is better than sacrifice. So because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also hath rejected you from being king. And Saul finally says unto Samuel, I have sinned for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and thy words uh, I transgressed the commandment of the Lord and thy words because I feared the people and obeyed their voice because he feared the people and obey, obeyed their voice. So he's still lying because the people had nothing to do with that. 
It was his decision to spare Agag and to keep the best part. The people did not tell him to do that. The people had no, had no part in that decision. Nothing to do with that. It says he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive and destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But uh, but Saul and the people spared Agag, okay, and the best of the sheep, okay, Saul and the people. But now who's the king? It's Saul. It's Saul. The king is Saul, not the people. So the Lord said unto Saul, uh, I'm sorry, um, uh, where am I? Uh, verse, um, verse 24, and Saul said unto Samuel, I have sinned, for I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and thy words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. But now, therefore, I pray thee, pardon my sin. And turn again with me that I may worship the Lord. Now he's trying to just move on. He's trying to move on. Instead of, you know, stay, you know, where is the, where is the, um, the, the, the sorrowfulness of, of it all? Where is the sorrowfulness? You know, um, where is the, the weeping, the brokenness, the contrition? It's not there. He just said, okay, well, I have sinned. You caught me in the lies for, and I transgressed the commandment of the Lord. And, you know, and I'm still lying because I did, I'm telling you, I did it because I feared the people and I'm obeying their voice. Now I'm just asking you to just forgive me and, 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 and let's move on uh, so I can worship the Lord. Right. And Samuel said unto Saul, I will not return with thee. For thou has rejected the word of the Lord. Do you know how serious that is? And the Lord hath rejected thee from being king over Israel. Didn't you just hear what I said before? The Lord hath rejected you. So I cannot return with you. I cannot continue with you. And as Samuel turned about to go away, he laid hold upon the skirt of his mantle and it rent. Saul grabbed him and, it, and, and tore his, his mantle. And Samuel said unto him, the Lord hath rent the kingdom of Israel from thee this day and hath given it to a neighbor of thine that is better than you. The Lord hath, just like you rent my, my skirt, my mantle, the Lord hath rent the kingdom, tore the kingdom away from you and hath given it to a neighbor of yours that is better than you. Now that sounds really harsh, especially coming from Samuel, the prophet who was just weeping when he heard that the Lord uh, was about to bring this judgment upon Saul. But now he has to stand in the face of the king and deliver a word of, of, of rebuke and judgment, not just rebuke or correction, but also judgment, pronounce a judgment of God, the judgment of God upon him. You think that was easy? 
You see, some of these prophets and stuff, they're they're they uh and leaders, they are they are they they carry a lot of pride, okay? They carry a lot of pride, they're kind of cocky, overly confident, narcissistic, you know. And, and they don't mind uh, dropping a word like that to anybody because they're all about self-exaltation. You know, this I'm better than you spirit. So if I have to, so, so, so if they have to bring a word of judgment, you know, uh, they're going to drop, they're going to be glad to deliver that word. They probably going to be laughing all the way there and laughing all the way back home, laughing at you. But a true prophet's heart is not like that. Samuel wept over this man. He was grieved that he had to give him this word. And that's not that. And my heart is not like that. My heart has been weeping and grieving for a long time because of the servants of the Lord who have returned from following his voice returned from following his way and his commandment and his will and began to do their own. And I've seen it. I've seen it several times. And it makes me sad and my heart weeps. I weep. I water my pillow with tears. I weep in intercession and travail for them. I weep over them. Samuel said unto him, uh, the Lord hath rent the kingdom of Israel from thee this day and hath given it to a neighbor of thine that is better than thou. And also the strength of Israel will not lie nor repent for he is not a man that he should repent. Then Saul said, I have sinned yet honor me now, I pray, honor me before the elders of my people and before Israel and turn again with me that I may worship the Lord thy God. You see what's in this man's heart? Pride. He said, I know I sinned. Okay, I sinned. But just honor me in front of the elders so I can maintain that level of influence. You see that? And before Israel so I can maintain control over them, you know? And so they don't see, see me with my pants pulled down in front of everybody. You see? Just, just, you know, let's just walk together through this. Go with me and honor me so that when I stand before them, I won't be completely exposed. You see that? So, you know, you want me to become part of your crew and cover your sin in front of the people. Jesus, 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 Jesus. God just opened my eyes. Jesus, God just showed me something. I'm going to keep it for now. I'm going to keep it. 31, it says, so Samuel turned again after Saul. Because this is what these, these predators want to do. They want you to cover them. And as long as we keep covering them, they will continue in their wickedness. They will continue in their selfishness. They will continue in their greed. They will continue in their abusive behavior. 
They will self-destruct. It is not the love of God to cover them. It is the love of God to expose them. You see? You see? Sometimes open rebuke is better than secret love. Open rebuke is better than secret love. But see this scripture right here. Um, the scripture just came to me here. Mm -hmm. Okay. Proverbs 25 and 2 says, it is the glory of God to conceal a matter. See, if God is not concealing it, why are we? It is the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the glory of kings to search it out. It is the, but it is the glory of kings to search it out. That means search it out, find out what's going on there. What is the root of this thing? What is, uh, uncover it, search it out, reveal it, bring it out, expose it. You see that? So if God, if God is saying to have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, unfruitful works of what? Light? No, darkness. See, a lot of us don't want to admit that we are walking in darkness. Like we just discussed last night. Many of us are walking on in darkness, walking blindly in darkness. And we have so much pride that we don't want nobody to tell us, hey, your lights are off. There's a cop down there on the corner. He's going to pull you over because your lights are off. Turn your lights on. And they have so much pride. They will just look at you and keep on driving. And when you get down the, the road, you see him pulled over on the side of the road. God forbid. I don't want anybody to get pulled over or get a ticket. Listen, I, I've had plenty of those in my life. Okay. <laughs> so God forbid any of us get a ticket. But I'm using that as an example. Right. This is how his pride. Look, look at the pride here. And it's thick. Because this man has told him several times and, and Saul keeps asking this same thing. The Bible talks about Behemoth and Leviathan in the book of Job, how the, he's, he's like his scales are so tight that no air can get through. That pride is so thick, so thick. It, it says. 30, it says, then he said, I have sinned, yet honor me now, I pray thee, before the elders, in front of the elders of my people, and before Israel, and turn again with me, that I may worship the Lord thy God. He keeps saying the Lord thy God, your God, Saul, uh, your God, Samuel, not mine. So that's saying something too. See, we have to pay attention to detail. He keeps telling Samuel, uh, let's worship the Lord thy God. And I did what the Lord, your God, told me to do. He never calls him his own God or father or Lord. He doesn't say mine. He says yours. You see that? 
Verse 31. So Samuel turned again after Saul and Saul worshiped the Lord. So Samuel finally says, you know what? Okay, let's just go. I'll go with you. Okay. Then said Samuel, bring me hither to Agag, the king of the Amalekites. Uh Uh-oh. Take me to Agag. Take me to this king that you saved. And And Agag came unto him delicately. Agag knew. Now Agag is a king too, right? He's he's a king as well. But he came unto Samuel delicately, it says. Why? Because the fear and the terror of the Lord was upon him. See, we don't have the fear and the terror of the Lord. Uh, We don't have the fear of the Lord uh, like we should in the body of Christ. That's why these false, uh, these predators are out here doing whatever they want to do. They don't fear God. They don't fear God and and they expect for people to fear them. They think the terror of the Lord is upon them. No, 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 no. It's on the sheep. Mm -hmm. It's on the sheep. It's on the sheep. Because the Lord said, this is mine. Don't touch this right here. The terror of the Lord was upon him. And Agag came, came unto him softly, delicately, carefully. And Agag said, surely the bitterness of death is past. Surely the bitterness of death is past. So he's saying, surely you're not, you know, you're not thinking about killing me. You know, that's a bitter thing. Don't, you know, it's surely that's past. That's, that's, that's past. Let's, let's move on now. And Samuel said, as thy sword hath made women childless, so shall thy mother be childless among women. And Samuel hewed Agag in pieces before the Lord in Gilgal. Before the Lord, he chopped this king into pieces. Then Samuel went to Ramah and Saul went up to his house to Gibeah of Saul. And Samuel came no more to see Saul until the day of his death. Nevertheless, Samuel mourned for Saul and the Lord repented that he had made Saul king over Israel. Oh my Lord. Y'all see that? Do y'all hear this? Do, do Do we see this? Do we see this? So this is what we're talking about tonight. Now we're going to look at um, uh, 1 Samuel chapter 16. We're going to go to 1 Samuel chapter 16. I'm going to look at this quickly. I'm just going to read it through. I think it really, uh, a lot of this just speaks for itself, right? Speaks for itself. Okay. Um, Just a second here. Mm-hmm. Okay, First Samuel chapter 16 and verse 1. It says, And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long will thou mourn for Saul? Samuel goes home after all he just had to do, and still weeping and crying over Saul. And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long will thou mourn for Saul? 
seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel. Fill thine horn with oil and go. I will send thee to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. And Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hear it, he will kill me. Samuel is now afraid of Saul. You see, don't this remind you of Elijah? And the Lord said, this is how we be, we be going back and forth with God. I'm so serious. The Lord tells us to say something. We're like, well, Lord, how am I going to tell them that? Like, you know. And Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hear it, he will kill me. And the Lord said, take a heifer with thee, a calf, and, and say, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord. And call Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show thee what thou shalt do. And thou shalt anoint unto me whom I name unto thee. Okay. And Saul did that which with the Lord, that which the Lord spake, and came to Bethlehem. And the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, comest thou peaceably? So Samuel carried a lot of weight in the spirit realm. He wasn't anything, you know, anyone you wanted to play with. Um, you know, he was a very sober and serious minded person. Um, he, he, he was very sensitive to the voice of the Lord, to the word of the Lord, to the commandments of the Lord. And he kept the, the word of the Lord. He kept the word of the Lord. He was careful about the things of the Lord. He was careful about, about that and, and, and careful to obey the word of the Lord by speaking exactly what the Lord told him to speak and doing what the Lord told him to do. And so this, when you have this level of obedience, what will happen is the terror of God will fall upon people when you come into their presence, like it felt like it fell upon uh, uh, the people um, when Jesus came through. When Jesus came through, demons began to cry out. They said, "You know, have you come to torment us before the time?" They trembled at His coming. They trembled at His word. They trembled. The Bible says, "You you believe God, you do well." The devils also believe, and what? tremble. They tremble at his word. Glory to God almighty. I feel the spirit of, of the Lord there. I feel the spirit of the Lord right there. And he said, peaceably, I am come to sacrifice unto the Lord, sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and called them to the sacrifice. I want to say something here. You know, a lot of people will say, you know, um, that uh, you're too serious. Um, you know, you need to relax, calm down. It's not that serious. Take it easy. Take a load off. Take a chill pill. You're too spiritual. You're too deep. You know, laugh a little, you know. But I want to tell you that God has people that this was how he created them. This is how he made them to be. Just like he made you and created you to be, you know, the way you are. 
He created us to be the way we are. And all prophets are not like that. All apostles are not like that. All pastors are not like that. You know, uh, evangelists, teachers are not all, you know, sober and serious all the time. They can get real goofy and, you know, and everything, you know. Um, but there's a time and a season for everything. And when you are before the people, you have to carry the presence of God before the people. You can't let people become so common with you that because if you allow, allow them to become too common with you, then they will no longer respect the anointing and the authority that God has placed upon your life. Therefore, they will not even be able to recognize their own authority that God has placed upon their life. They won't be able to, they won't know how to carry themselves as a prophet. Your, teach, your life is teaching them something. If you're a goofy prophet, they're going to be a goofy prophet. If you're a goofy pastor, they're going to be a goofy pastor. They're not going to, nobody's going to take you seriously. When it's time to get serious, all of a sudden, now they still over there kicking and laughing and you sitting over there mad because they can't, you know, now it's hard for them to receive your word. But Jesus spoke as what? One having authority. He had authority. He wasn't no goofy, no goofy, like they try to make him portray him to be in these little uh, Hollywood movies and, 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 uh, uh, weak watered down depictions of Jesus. That wasn't Jesus that he wasn't like that. This little goofy man, they keep showing on these Jesus movies. Um, I, I, I don't even know his name, but I, I don't like that at all. I'm like, my Lord was not like that. He ain't like that uh, in, in the spirit. Then I know he wasn't like that in the flesh. <laughs> Stop lying on him. Verse nine. And, and uh, excuse me. Mm -hmm. Okay. He sanctified Jesse and his sons and called them to the sacrifice. Verse six. It says, and it came to pass when they were come that he looked on Eliab and said, surely the Lord's anointed is before him. But the Lord said unto Samuel, look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. This is what these prophetic predators, these fake prophets, fake pastors, this is what they forget. This is. See, when the devil is leading you somewhere, he will always make you forget the, the, the most important thing. And, 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 and they forget that God sees and not only does he see. He sees the motive of the heart. That is the difference between a fake prophet, a false prophet and a true prophet or a holy prophet. As the, as the Bible calls it in the book of Revelation, his holy apostles and prophets. You see, these have a, have a heart posture like David. 
that is please that is all about pleasing God, not about pleasing self. The motive in our heart is to please the Lord. To please the Lord, not man. And definitely not ourselves. But the motive of their heart is to please themselves. That's what makes them hirelings. That's what makes them charlatans and <laughs> and, and, and jackals, like my brother Jay Israel says. If y'all know him, you know, <laughs> he be exposing a lot. <laughs> He's been exposing a lot lately. And rightfully so, because he, he used to be one of them. And he has a powerful testimony. Jay Israel, um, if you don't know about him, get to know about him. Google him. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, YouTube him. Look him up on YouTube or Facebook. You'll see. Okay. It says, um, uh, verse nine, verse eight, then Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, neither hath the Lord chosen this. I haven't chosen him either. Verse nine. Now Samuel can't see now what's going on here. He like, okay, well, is this one? Is this the one Lord? Is that the one? You know, I think Samuel was just trying to make sure that, you know, am I hearing you right? You know, okay, is it, he was trying to make sure that he don't miss and make a mistake, right? So he's asking, Lord, is it this one? Is it this one? Is it this one? Is it this one, right? It says, again, Jesse made him, made seven of his sons to pass before Samuel. And Samuel said unto Jesse, the Lord hath not chosen these. And Samuel said unto Jesse, are here all thy children? Uh, are here, are all your children here? And he said, there remaineth yet the youngest and behold, he keepeth the sheep. He keepeth the sheep. There remaineth the youngest. He's the youngest. And he's back there keeping sheep. He's dirty. He's stinky. He's nasty, you know, and he's young. But I got him. I got another one. Yeah, he back there, you know. And Samuel said unto Jesse, send and fetch him. For we will not sit down till he come here. And he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy and with all of a beautiful countenance and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him for this is he. So even though on the outward appearance, he was good, he was good looking, you know, but his, but, and his brothers were also like, you know, he, Jesse had some, Probably has, you know, some good looking sons, all of them, you know, because good genes, they kind they tend to run through the family, you know. Um, but the heart, you see, he he was he was good looking and handsome like his brothers, but his heart was his heart looked better than his brothers. His heart stood out above his brothers because he had um a a a a a a a a loving heart a caring heart see it's not all about being hard on the exterior it's about being caring and loving uh a friend of mine asked me well why do you care so why do you uh why can't you just let uh some things uh just you know just leave that alone and i said because i care and i love them that's why and I want to see them free. And every day, you know, when I wake up and if you're a true intercessor, intercession is not just prayer. It's also heart posture. If you are a true intercessor, 
then if you are a true son of God, daughter of God, listen, every day your heart yearns to see your people free. You want to see them free. I want to see them free. I want to see them delivered. I don't want to see, I don't want to see uh, them bound. I don't want to see them outside of the will of God. I don't want to keep bringing the, having to bring these words of correction and stuff and tear stuff down and, you know, and pull stuff down and expose stuff. I don't want to do that. That's actually not even my character. It's not. And my true character will show up because at the end of it all, I'll be sitting there crying and weeping like Samuel. It's, it's you know, it, 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 I'm not like that. But when you can't see a person's heart, like I said last night, then you will mispeg them and you will become offended by them because you think they're out to hurt you. They're out to get you. No, we're not. We're out to save to save you. So uh, then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. The last shall be first and the first shall be last, the Lord says. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. From that day forward, from that moment, the spirit of the Lord came upon him. There is a moment in time, there is a moment in your ministry or in the in your walk with the Lord, that the Spirit of God will begin to come upon you and rest upon you. Rest upon you. Like the dove that rested upon Jesus. And the Lord spoke out of the heavens and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear thou him. Hear him. Because I am pleased with him. When the spirit of God cannot rest upon a person. You can tell when it's not resting because the person is, is you know, is, is, is not the same. He's, they're not consistent. But the Bible says that the Lord is the same today, yesterday and forever. He doesn't change. So, you know, consistency. Consistency. When the spirit of God is resting upon someone, they carry a certain level of sobriety because they don't want to miss what God is doing. They are always uh, trying to be alert and to hear, make sure that their ear is open, that heart is open and nothing else is in there that is hindering them from hearing the voice of the Lord. Hearing the voice of the Lord. That's something people don't focus on a lot nowadays. That's another reason for this COVID-19. God said, okay, I need to get y'all's attention because y'all doing a whole lot of talking to me, but I don't see many of you guys listening to me. Who's listening to me? You're always talking in prayer. All you do is talk, but do you ever do you ever take the time to listen in prayer? Do you ever take the time to sit back and hear, open, just open your heart and just listen to the Lord and ask him, Lord, what are you saying? What are you saying? What are you doing? How are you doing? How are you doing it? I want to be a part of what you're doing. I don't want to miss what you're doing, Lord. Can you use me? I'm available. Let him know that you're available. Let him know that you're willing. 
that you're waiting for his instruction, for the instruction at his mouth, for the for the word of his mouth. Lord, I'm just waiting for you to just drop one word. Just tell me something. What can I do to please you? What can I do to help you? What can I do to help your people? How can I, how can, you know, how can I organize my life to make more room for you? What can, what, what do I need to do? Check me. Is something in here? Let me see. Here I am. I, I'm, I'm opening up. I'm showing you everything. I'm bearing everything. It, it, you know, it, is there something in me? Is there something wrong with me? Do you not know that some of us constantly check ourselves? Do you, <laughs> I called my uh, my sister. <laughs> I can laugh at it now, but I was so, so serious. I honestly was. I called my sister uh, a couple of nights ago. I said, I want you to do a deliverance on me. I want to check my heart. I want to make sure I don't have anything, any spirits in me. Can you do a deliverance session on me? I want to make sure I don't have any demons. She said, what? <laughs> She was like, Shelly, girl, you ain't got no. I said, look, now we just really don't know. So I need to know if anything is hiding in there, you know, that I don't know about. I, I need you to just start praying in the whole in the Holy Ghost and calling out the names of demons. Whatever the Holy Spirit tell you to call, call his name. And I'm going to lay hands on myself. And I want you to call these names out. Whoever the Lord tell you to call these demons out, call them by name. So I can see if it's anything in me. If, if, if something start moving and acting crazy or I start getting mad or, you know, shaking or trembling or something like that, you know, then I'll know something is in there and I want you to cast it out and I'm going to break agreement with it and I want you to cast it out. OK. And she said, Shelly, uh, OK, she said, you want me to do it? I said, yes. I said, now, you don't have to do it right now tonight if you don't want to. You can have time to prepare yourself and then call me back. She called me back the next night and she said, listen, God ain't showed me that you got no demons. She said, you know, I said, Christians can have demons, you know, she said, no, she said, yes, they can. She said, but when you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, <laughs> you see, I've been working, walking with the Lord for a long time, but I understand that years don't mean nothing. <laughs> it doesn't mean anything, you know. If you leave a door open in your life, demons can get in there, you know, and they will. They're looking to get in there because they're always waiting. They want to occupy someone that is a strong, a, a, a strong believer. If they get a hold to a son of God, oh, my God, they they whole regime is re rejoicing. Some of these these prophets and stuff, very powerful men, apostles, prophets, very powerful move, move, move powerfully in the spirit. Carry weight in the spirit, walk heavy, walk strong in the spirit and in revelation, knowledge of the word, miracles, power. They exhibit great power. But at the end of the day, when that lust begins to rise up, when they come out of that church, they, they don't have control over what's between their legs. They don't have control even over, uh, you know, over a bottle of liquor. They don't have control over a cigarette. They don't have enough power to even 
Like one man of God said, you don't have enough. You ain't got enough power to blow your nose. Why? You don't know where real power comes from. It comes from love. I told you this before. It comes from love. The love of God is what generates power. Sorry, that's my chair, y'all. Trying to lift it up here. So, so you know, when when the devil gets a hold to them, you know what I'm saying? And they were once Holy Ghost filled, yeah. But the thing is, is she she was telling me. She said, "Well, the Holy Ghost can um, cannot occupy you at the same time that a demonic spirit, as a demonic spirit, one of them can't. One of them uh, has to go." Two, two, both of them can't live in the same house. So if the Holy Ghost is, 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 you know, if you're full of the spirit, then the devil don't like that. He can't sit up in there because a liar can't tarry in the presence of the Lord. I said, okay, well, amen. She said, now you want to pray? Uh, and she wanted, she started asking me questions about, you know, do you have anything? Is anything in your heart? Blah, blah, blah. And I started, you know, answering her honestly and sincerely. I said, well, it could be because of this or because of that. And um, and she was like, OK, well, um, we're going to pray. And she prayed for me and I didn't feel nothing, you know, rise up or that crazy. You know, I felt normal. In fact, I felt the spirit come on me real strong. <laughs> I felt that the fire of God come on me like his hand was just sitting on my on my head, you know. And I said, okay, I guess I'm all right, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. You know, because listen, we have to check ourselves. It's not, it's, it's, it's unwise not to check yourself. You can't just assume it's not you. You can't just assume that it can't be, it can't ever be you. So David even said, Lord, check my heart. See if there's any wicked wickedness in me, any wicked way found in me and lead me in the way of the everlasting. Amen. So. Uh, it says here that uh, then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah. But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul. And an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. So the spirit of the Lord came upon David, but it departed from Saul. You see, God says, I am the one who sits down one and raises up another. I am the one. And Saul's servant said unto him, behold, now an evil spirit from God troubleth you. Let our Lord now command thy servants, which are before thee, to seek out a man who is a cunning player on a harp. And it shall come to pass when the evil spirit from God is upon you, that he shall play with his hand. And thou shalt be well. And Saul said unto his servants, provide me now a man that can play well and bring him to me. Then answered one of the servants and said, behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, that is cunning and playing and a mighty, valiant man and a man of war, a man of war and, a pru and prudent or wise in matters and a comely person, a beautiful person. And the Lord is with him. Wherefore, Saul sent messengers unto Jesse and said, send me David, thy son, which is with the sheep. See, real prophets care about the sheep. They're concerned about the sheep. 
That's why God always has us speaking to the sheep, speaking to the body of Christ. Uh, he sends us to actually um, look for problems in the body of Christ. So, yes, he does. You know, and, and so we can bring correction so the body can be healed and function like it's supposed to function. We have an eye to see these th these kinds of things. And and everyone doesn't have that eye or that uh, that keen, uh, keen level uh, as keen a level of discernment as the prophet, because that's we were that's you know, that's what that's our main function, our main function. Now, we have other functions. But our main function is to seek out uh, areas in the body that the enemy has come into, seek out open doors, watch and pray, watch and pray. Watchmen, what of the night? Watch and pray and make sure that the enemy is not moving in the camp. Make sure the enemy is not coming into the camp. And when we see that the devil is trying to come in there, we, we have to blow that trumpet and warn the people. Why? To save them from destruction. But that's, that's the main reason why the devil didn't try to turn many of God's prophets into hirelings. Many of them, they just want money now. So they'll, they'll play Santa Claus and try and promise you a bunch of blessings. If you lead them some cookies and some milk and wait for them to come down the chimney, you just leave that check on the table. You see, uh, it says, uh, wherefore, wherefore Saul sent messengers unto Jesse and said, send me David, thy son, which is with the sheep. And Jesse took an ass laden with bread and a bottle of wine and a kid and sent them by David unto his son, Saul. And, and David came to Saul and stood before him and he loved him greatly. And he became his armor bearer. Now, I want to tell you that, you know, sometimes when the Lord has to uh, send a word of correction uh, through you, um, it can look like to your leader that you have betrayed them. Because at one point you were you were the closest to them. David was so close, became so close to Saul. The Bible says here that Saul loved him greatly. And he became his armor bearer. He trusted him. He trusted him with his life. And he can still trust him. He could still trust him with his life, even unto, even unto the time that Saul, that Saul died. Even, even up until that time, David, David uh, didn't hate Saul. David loved Saul and Jonathan. And he had opportunity to slay Saul and he had good and with good reason because Saul was trying was show trying to kill him, <laughs> you know, but David, but David said, no, I will not touch the Lord's anointed. He respected Saul. He respected him, but he still had to obey God. It says, and Saul sent to Jesse saying, let David, I pray thee stand before me. For he had found favor in my sight. And it came to pass when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul, that David took a harp and played with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. Amen. Now we're going to look at another scripture here. Uh, and then uh, 
I have two more scriptures and not as long. Okay. And then I'm going to get you out of here. Okay. So we're going to go to second Samuel chapter one, second Samuel chapter one, uh, second Samuel chapter one. We're going to look here at, uh, verse one. We're going to start at verse one. All of these is seem like a start. Well, yeah, all my scriptures tonight start at verse one. <laughs> okay, so Second Samuel chapter one, starting at verse one. We're just going to read one through nineteen. Um, I like to just you know walk through the scripture and just you know uh, lay out what the Holy Spirit or shine the light in the areas that the Holy Spirit is uh, is showing us. Right. So we're just walking through. We're just walking through, shining the light. The word says that the, uh, the the Bible says that the word of God is a lamp. It's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. And that's what we're doing. We're walking down the pathway of the word, walking through the word, shining that light, shining that light, uncovering, exposing, revealing the truth. The what? The truth. Okay. This is what you call forensic uh Spiritual forensics, <laughs> when they put that, that, what is that, that uh, infrared light on, on there and you can see everything under that infrared, right? You can see all the, all the little fingerprints and everything in the room, right? In the crime scene. Okay. So that's, that's what we're doing. Um, so we're, 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 we're doing, we're walking through. So verse one, it says, now it came to pass after the death of Saul, when David was returned from the slaughter of the Amalekites and David abode two days or stayed two days in Ziklag. So he just came back uh, after the death of Saul. Right. And he was um, uh, he was tired. You know, he was tired from war. He was he was exhausted from war. And it came to pass on the third day uh, with Ziklag. That was a very uh, took a lot out of him because they stole. You, you know, if you if you know that story about Ziklag and everything, David was was, you know, he was so spent that he had to encourage himself in the Lord. He actually, you know, was beginning to lose hope. He had lost hope. You know what I mean? Um, it says, and it came to pass on the third day that behold, a man came out of the camp from Saul with his clothes rent or torn and earth was upon his head or dirt was upon his head. And so it was. When he came to David, that he fell to the earth and did obeisance, um, bowed, you know, fell on his knees and bowed, bowed to him. And David said unto him, from whence cometh thou? And, uh, and he said unto him, out of the camp of Israel am I escaped. And David said unto him, how went the matter? I pray thee, tell me. And he answered that the people are fled from the battle and many of the people also are fallen and dead. And Saul and Jonathan, his son, also are dead also. Saul and Jonathan, his son, are dead also. And David said unto the young man that told him, How do you know that Saul and Jonathan, his son, are dead? And the young man told him, uh, the young man that told him said, as, as I happened by chance upon Mount Gilboa, behold, Saul leaned upon his spear. And lo, the chariots and the horsemen followed hard after him. And when he looked behind him, he saw me and called unto me. 
And I answered, here am I. And he said unto me, who are you? And I answered him, I am an Amalekite. You see that? He was an Amalekite. This, this young man is an Amalekite. He, he, you see, Saul did not destroy that whole tribe like God told him to. So now here he is facing an Amalekite. And he has to die at the hands of the same thing he refused to destroy. Y'all better hear the Holy Ghost tonight. He said unto, unto me, who are you? Who art thou? And I answered him, I am an Amalekite. He said unto me again, stand, I pray thee upon me and slay me for anguish is come upon me because my life is yet whole in me. So uh, because he had been hit by the arrow of, of one of the archers, the archers uh, shot at him, right? And hit him and, and his life, you know, he was still alive, but he was, you know, he, he was, uh, he, he wanted to just, you know, just um, finish it off, finish the job, right? So, so I, he's the young man says, so I stood upon him and slew him because I was sure that he could not live after that he was fallen. And I took the crown that was upon his head and the bracelet that was on his arm and have brought them thither unto my Lord. Then David took hold of his clothes and rent them. And likewise, all the men that were with him and they mourned and wept and fasted until evening for Saul and for Jonathan, his son, and for the people of the Lord and for the house of Israel, because they were fallen by the sword. You see that? So this Amalekite has to, uh, well, he's, he, he, he's in the wrong, really, because he slew Saul because Saul told him to, but he also said, I was sure that he, that he could not live. See, you can never be sure of anybody's future. You don't know what God has in store for them. You don't know if God wanted to spare that man's life or not. You don't know if Saul was going to recover or not. See, when we are exposing these prophetic predators and these false preachers, we have to always remember that the ministry of Jesus Christ, our Lord, whom we serve and worship and adore, the ministry of Jesus Christ is redemptive in nature. We are not here to condemn people. We are not here to kill them in the spirit. We are not here to destroy them, but rather we are here to save lives. That is the true office of a prophet is to save lives, to point the way, to lead and to uh, direct into the area of truth, which, which means what? Life. Because Jesus said, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. The end all is we want to see our people free. We want to see them free. 
not destroyed, not bound, not confused, not prideful, not, you know, lustful, you know, not idolatrous, not greedy. We want to see them free from all these spirits. We want to see them free. So we fight for them. And sometimes, you know, you might have to throw them down, wrestle them down. You know, I remember one time when I was, and I don't mean physically. Okay. Well, perhaps it could be, I don't know, you know? Um, but I, I remember one time, um, if, if you uh, ever heard my testimony video, um, I was, uh, in the hotel room with my boyfriend who was a kingpin drug dealer. Right. And I was also a drug dealer. Okay. And he had gotten, uh, he had tried the rock. He had tried the cocaine. Yeah. And, um, he started getting high on, on, on crack and then he got hooked on it. Now I was a scared to try it, to even try it. Cause I know the rules of the game, never get high on your own supply. You know, we were, you know, he's from Watts. You know, we were in Cali. We was we was working in Cali and Denver and all of, all up and through there. And so, um, he started getting high on his own supply. And one night he was so high that you know, and I, according to my definition of love back then, you know, I loved him. We was together for many years, you know, and um, uh, I. I, he was, he had got high and he was getting ready to leave the hotel room, leave the hotel and, and go out, you know, uh, somewhere. And I didn't, didn't want him to leave cause I didn't want him to end up locked up in jail somewhere, you know, or something crazy happened because he high on crack. So this big dude, I mean, he was big. He was much taller than me, big, strong, you know, I body slammed him because, you know, I blocked the door. He was trying to leave. And I said, no, you're not going anywhere. And I body slammed this big old man, <laughs> you know, because I was trying to save his life. So sometimes it may feel like we are turning our sword on you or attacking you. No, no, no. We're trying to save you. We're trying to save you. It's not an attack. It is a word of correction for the purpose of saving your life, saving your soul, saving you from destruction. And some people may say, just leave me alone. I don't need you to save me. Jesus is my savior. Yeah, but see Christ in us, the hope of glory. And if, and if Jesus is really living in you and his love has been shed abroad in your heart, you love your brothers and sisters in Christ. You don't care who they are, man, woman, or child. You will fight for them. You will fight for their lives. You will hate, you despise injustice. You hate the demons, but you love the people. You don't, you don't destroy the people. You see? But people will just say, well, just no, just leave me alone. I, I don't need you to do all that. Okay. You don't force it because the Holy Ghost is not going to force himself on anyone. But like I told you earlier, prophets, they we're, we're hard people. We love and we love hard. You won't understand our love sometimes, just like some people don't understand the love of God. They think he's just kind, you know, kissy, kissy, you know, um, 
Bless me, bless me. But he is also the Lord of hosts and a consuming fire. Amen. And he will he will consume you in order to save your soul. He will he will even kill some people in order just to, to save their soul because they down here just cutting up. You see. It says um, it says uh, David took hold of his clothes and rent them uh, when he heard that 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 Saul was dead and Jonathan. And they mourned and wept and fasted even until into evening and saw uh, for Saul and for Jonathan, his son, and for the people of the Lord and for the house of Israel, because they were fallen by the sword. And David said unto the young man that told him, whence art thou? And he answered, I am the son of a stranger, an Amalekite. Never should have told David that. And David said unto him, how was thou not afraid? to stretch forth thine hand to destroy the Lord's anointed. You're not even, you're not even a part of us. You're not, you're a stranger. And you're an Amalekite whom God hates. How were you not afraid? Why did not the terror of the Lord, the fear of the Lord come upon you? Why did you not obey the fear of the Lord? But you stretch forth your hand to destroy the Lord's anointed, not to save, but to destroy. And David called one of the young men and said, go near and fall upon him. And he smote him that he died. And David said unto him, thy blood be upon thy head. For thy mouth has testified against thee, saying, I have slain the Lord's anointed. Your mouth has testified against you. See, some of us, we just talk too much. <laughs> and David lamented with his lamentation over Saul and over Jonathan, his son. And, uh, and also he bade them uh, teach the children of Judah the use of the bow. Behold, it is written in the book of Jasher. Now, the bow means a weapon, you know, a, a bow, like a bow, an arrow. Uh, to teach them, you know, make them skillful in war. But it, I, I believe this scripture is also referring to uh, the, the harp, the musical uh, instrument, because he begins to sing a song. You'll see in the next few verses, you know, David was David uh, was a, uh, a psalmist. He was, you know, he wrote songs and sang songs to the Lord, uh, a true worshiper, you know. And so, um, and uh, the, verse 19 says, he starts to sing this song. He says, the beauty of Israel is slain upon thy high places. How are the mighty fallen? And I won't go into the rest of it, but I will just stop right there. Amen. How are the mighty fallen? How are the mighty fallen? It makes the heart weep. It grieves our heart and our spirit. How are the mighty falling? What happened to these apostles? What happened to these prophets? How are the mighty falling? What happened to them? Like I told you last night, we see pastors everywhere. We see bishops. But where are the holy apostles and prophets? What happened to them? How are the mighty falling? Even some of our pastors, you know, the, the enemy is attacking them all. 
attacking the, he wants to destroy the whole fivefold ministry. But how are the mighty fallen? I'm going to give you one more scripture here. Second Samuel chapter three and verse one, chapter three. Now, second Samuel chapter three. Verse one. It says, now there was long war between the house of Saul and the house of David. But David waxed stronger and stronger and the house of Saul waxed weaker and weaker. So over time, you know, uh, Saul's generations, uh, sons, uh, Abner and them, you know, they, uh, they, you know, they became weaker and weaker. You know, Abner was, uh, Abner did not what was right in the eyes of the Lord, but he, he, he did what was wicked in the eyes of the Lord. Amen. Um, he was, uh, you know, he went into his father's concubine and, uh, you know, and all kind of stuff. He, you know, he just, you know, so, so this was the, this was the, um, the um, lineage of Saul, you know, and it, and it says that um, it says in verse 10 here, uh, sorry, uh, verse nine, it says, so do God to Abner and more also, except as the Lord has sworn unto David, even so I do to him to translate the kingdom from the house of Saul and to set up the throne of David over Israel and over Judah from Dan, even to Beersheba. Um, and uh, so, you know, so God began to set up the kingdom of David. Now he began to set up the kingdom of David and uh, the Lord uh, has been speaking to uh, many of us um, in the body of Christ. Many of us, uh, uh, I've heard many uh, prophetic people saying the same thing. And we're hearing the Lord say the same thing that, you know, that God is restoring the tabernacle of David. He's restoring the tabernacle of David. Amen. And so um, he's, you know, uh, because David was a man after God's own heart. He was one who obeyed the Lord and he was one that um, that feared the Lord and uh, loved the Lord. Um, and so, uh, yeah, this is a I'll get something up notification here. And, and so this is what God loves and this is what God wants. Um, is people like this, more people like, uh, like David. And so he's restoring, he's, he's, he is, um, he is correcting, uh, worship, you know, across the land, across the body, because a lot of our worship leaders, uh, have also fallen and they have, uh, they have corrupted themselves, you know, and, they, and, uh, and, and a lot of the, um, even many of the gospel artists, you know, um, are, have been complaining, about, you know, uh, the, the music industry, uh, abusing them and things like that. Well, you know, the Lord, I, I also heard the Lord say, you know, well, you had no business over there in that industry, you know, but, but since you wanted to take, you wanted to take the quick route and you didn't want to take the road less traveled, you didn't want to, you know, to wait on me. Now, you know, you're, you're, you're suffering at the hands of this industry. That is a demonic industry. Now, let's just be honest. It's a demonic industry, you know? And so um, uh, uh, now God is having to bring them out, that, out of that and bring them through that, you know? 
and everything like that. So God is restoring true worship in the body of Christ. Um, and I believe that, you know, uh, those um, our, our brothers and sisters who are trapped in that, you know, that God is going to restore them, that God is going to restore them because many uh, have repented and are repenting. Uh, so, you know, they're coming back to the Lord, coming back to the Lord. This is truly the time of the prodigal son. This is truly the time that God is restoring the tabernacle of David. And I just want to say to all uh, prophetic predators, lead, uh, uh, leaders who are predators or of a predatorial nature in the body of Christ, uh, fall, uh, people who have been op operating as hirelings and uh, in falsehood and deception and manipulation and abusing the sheep and stealing from the sheep and sleeping with the sheep and destroying the sheep. I just want to say to you tonight that if you ever come across this video, I want to say to you tonight, and I have been abused at the hands of, of some of these predators. And I want to say to you tonight that yes, God is long suffering and yes, he is merciful. But remember that it is because he is wishing that all would be saved and that none would be lost. So there are those who will be lost if they do not humble themselves and repent. This is a call to repentance. God has given you a space to repent, a space of repentance. He's saying, return unto me, return unto me, return unto me, and I will return unto you. If you repent with your whole heart, don't be like Saul. Don't half repent and half lie. Don't keep part of the lie. Throw the whole thing out. Kill everything. Kill everything. See, the reason you you made it, the reason that you're in this situation now is because you did not kill everything. So the right thing for Saul to do would have been to repent and be honest from the gate like David was with Nathan when Nathan said, you are the man. David humbled himself. He wept. He cried. He repented before the Lord. His soul, his spirit was grieved. He couldn't even eat. You see, but Saul, on the other hand, had so much pride that it kept him from true repentance. So instead of repenting and being sorrowful because it is godly sorrow that leads a man to repentance or a woman, anyone, you know, but instead of allowing that to, to happen, he began to lie. He began to shift the blame. He began to, um, try to, you know, maintain his influence before the people, his image, you know, before the people, you know, all this kind of thing. He was so concerned about what the people thought that he could not even repent. He couldn't even repent. And the Lord is saying tonight, will you repent? I have sent my prophets one by one 
morning by morning, I send my prophets blowing the trumpet, warning after warning after warning. Don't you hear my voice? Don't you hear me? Will you repent? Will you repent? Will you tell the whole truth to yourself first and also to me? Because I never ask a question that I don't know the answer to. You think that you're covered, but you're open and naked. Everything is open and naked until the eyes of him with whom we have to do. And not only that, but he is the one who can expose your nakedness to the whole world. Why not just repent? Why not just humble yourself and repent? Save, the, save yourself from the anguish and the shame of it all and just truly repent from your heart. And let's see, let's see if God is truly a God who cannot lie. Let's see if he's really still your father. Will he not embrace you if you repent? Will he not rejoice because you came to yourself and turned around and went back to your father's house? Will he not rejoice over you and celebrate you and bless you and give you the best, that thing that you went lusting for and craving for? You didn't have to go through all that. He had it there waiting for you all the time. He said, if you come back to me, I want to give it to you the right way. You don't have to do all that. Buying witchcraft. and You don't need all those spells. And Why sell your soul to the devil? Why? What profit is a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul. The Lord says, repent today. He says, return unto me and I will return unto you. And yes, I still love you. I still love you. So this is the word of the Lord. And that is my prayer. That is my closing prayer that the Lord that you can hear the voice of the Lord saying, repent and return unto me and I will return unto you and I will restore you. I will heal you and I will bless you. In Jesus name. Amen. So thank you all uh, for joining me here tonight. I pray that uh, you were uh 
enlightened <laughs> by this uh, word tonight and um, you know that uh, you receive some kind of uh, understanding, uh, wisdom, revelation, or whatever you know your portion is that the Lord had for you. I pray that you receive that and that you uh, begin to walk in the light of that uh, in Jesus' name. And um, I love you. You know, God loves you. And uh, I pray that um, you all have a blessed rest of your night. Thank you uh, for joining me. And uh, please make sure to share uh, the, you know, the, the recording, share the, um, the uh, video or the audio. If you're listening by podcast, uh, please make sure to share uh, with someone because I think that, you know, we, the, the truth needs to be heard everywhere. And that's my little slogan, you know, uh, like, comment and share <laughs> to spread the truth everywhere. Amen. So God bless you all. And I will be here tomorrow night, 7 p.m. for 15 minutes of fire. And we will be praying uh, in, in the, we will be praying uh, before the throne. We'll be praying together for 15 minutes. I call it drive by prayer. Um, where you, whereas, you know, I, we're just going to unload on the devil tomorrow night. Amen. And we're going to let him have it. Amen. I still do drive-bys. I just do them in the spirit now. Amen. So glory to God. Uh, meet me here tomorrow night for 15 minutes of prayer. Please make sure that you are armored up and ready because we're going to rock and roll. Okay. We're going to, we're going to, uh, we are going to, uh, to, to shake some things up in the spirit realm tomorrow night. Amen. Uh, so God bless you all. I'll see you there and uh, uh, have a great night. Amen. Love you.